हरे कृष्ण so we are happily returning and just now okay we're going to uh, So today I want to carry on reading uh, from our great treasury of Western thought and continue our dialogue. Um, in this dialogue, we are not uh, able to uh, give a scholarly or attempting to give a scholarly analysis of every philosopher or personality that uh, we are quoting, we're simply, we're not responding also. So we're not responding in a spirit of analysis. Uh, we're not responding in a spirit of debate. Uh, we're simply responding from how a similar perspective uh, is found within the Vedic literature, particularly in the Bhakti tradition. The friendship of young people seems to aim at pleasure, for they live under the guidance of emotion and pursue above all what is pleasant to themselves and what is immediately before them. That is why they quickly become friends and quickly cease to be. Their friendship changes with the object that is found pleasant, and such pleasures alter quickly. Young people are amorous too, for the greater part of the friendship Love depends on emotion and aims at pleasure. This is why they fall in love and quickly fall out of love, changing often within a single day. But these people do wish to spend their days and lives together, for it is thus that they attain the purpose of their friendship. Mm. So Aristotle is from ethics, uh, oops, uh, sorry. And he is getting into, uh, into analyzing pleasure, uh, saying that young people seem to aim at pleasure. Um, they live under the guidance of emotion and pursue above all what is pleasant to themselves and what is immediately 
before them. So in terms of the Vedic literature, we have Prayas and Shreyas. So Prayas is the immediate pleasure and Shreyas is the pleasure that comes from uh, after long-term endeavor. So uh, basically, Aristotle is saying that young people are after prayas, after immediate pleasure. Uh, one reason is because they have all the facility. Um, their bodies are young and suitable for enjoyment. Mm. As one gets older, one is more aware of the uh, influence of time and one becomes more uh, looking at, one begins to look more at what is sustainable, Shreyas. Um, the Vedic culture is, is guided by elders. And in particular, the elders are bringing in the Shreyas element, the long-term element, uh, unlike the uh, uh, yeah, unlike the temporary, quick, fleeting enjoyment, the emperor, the elders, are pointing at creating a way of life for the long term. Um, and so let there be loving relationship, but let it be let it be in marriage and let it be stable and let it let it build towards um, family life and let there um, be children and let uh, and and let uh, the elevation of the family as a whole be the uh, be the principle and ultimately uh, let the end of life be a spiritual aim as it is said in Bhagavad Gita Antikala Chamameva Smaran Muktva Kalevram Yati Nastiyati Sansaya that one should should the, at the end of life, one should remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because whatever we remember at the end of life, that is what we will attain. So the whole Vedic culture is aiming at that, at Shreyas, at remembering the Supreme Personality of Godhead at the end of one's life. And in, uh, in Bhakti, with love particularly, Therefore, to during one's life, to awaken that love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead and everything else that one may desire, uh, uh, some enjoyment in this world, a relationship, uh, marriage, whatever it is, all that will be supportive of that ultimate end. And that is all part of Shreyas. Mm -hmm. mm. 
Parsha we're reading now. Though friendship is exemplified and extolled in passages taken from the poets, biographers and historians, the analysis of it is mainly drawn from the pages of philosophers, theologians and essayists, especially Plato, Aristotle and Caesar Augustine and Aquinas and Montaigne. The most complete analysis is perhaps to be found in Aristotle's Ethics. He devotes two whole books of that work to the subject, from which there are many quotations here. His differentiation of the types of friendship sharply separates associations based on mutual pleasure or reciprocal utility from that relationship in which each of the persons is concerned with the good of the other. Only this, in his judgment, is true or genuine friendship. The others are counterfeits of it. True friendship, in other words, always involved the dominant dominance of benevolent impulses, tending to with the benefit of the beloved, whereas the counterfeits of friendship spring primarily or purely from acquisitive desire, seeking something for oneself. So there we can uh, can see again the difference between shreyas and prayas. Um, okay, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, who shall withstand him? And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. From Ecclesiastics. Mm. So Ecclesiastics is also emphasizing the importance of uh, of friendship. Um, in this world, we are always, uh, always in uh, in community. We are meant meant to be in relationships. So in that sense, uh, those who withdraw from the world and who just become hermits and so on uh, may, uh, may turn away from the world and turn to God. But it will only become complete if after doing so, they turn again to the world to bring the gifts that they have found. Uh, just like Lord Chaitanya, in Chaitanya Mangal, it is said, Lord Chaitanya was taking sannyas. Uh, um, he told his mother, Mother, is it true that a son should go into the world and bring and make a fortune and bring it back to his parents? Yes, she said. Then let me go and get the fortune of love of God, and then I'll bring it back to you. So this is the idea. Uh, a spiritualist 
uh, may turn away from the world. A hermit may turn away from the world. If a hermit turns away from the world and there's no religious purpose, then his turning away from the world has, has no real benefit, then it is simply running away. If his becoming a hermit is to, uh, is to escape responsibility, to escape confrontation and so on, it will save him suffering, but it will not give him fulfillment. If he, in his, uh, in, in withdrawing from the world, turns to God and establishes relationship with God, that is very good. But still, but better still, is then, after attaining the Lord, is to give him to all. That is the uh, ultimate principle of spiritual life. To throw away an honest friend is, as it were, to throw your life away, which a man loves the best, Sophocles, Oedipus, the king. Hmm. 611. The nurse. I've learned much from my long life. The mixing bowl of friendship, the love of one for the other must be tempered. Loss, love must not touch the marrow of the soul. Our affection, affection must be breakable chains that we can cast them off or tighten them. Euripides, Hippolytus. So that's interesting. Oh. I've learned much from my long life. The mixing bowl of friendship. The love for one another must be tempered. Okay. Love has not touched the marrow of the soul, the core of the soul. Our affections must be breakable change that we can cast them off or tighten them. Euripides Hippolytus. So now he's saying that he's looking at, at friendship in the world as as, as relative and that ultimately we must that we wear them as chains uh, we are uh, it is external to us it doesn't come to the core of the soul that friendship may bind us but we can tighten it and loosen it as it is available but in the core of our but it doesn't touch the core of the soul that is what he is suggesting um, but that is looking strictly from a materialistic perspective, because on a spiritual platform, uh, the friendship is based on the soul. It's based beyond the temporary situations that we are in. It is really aiming at... Uh, at friendships that transcend death, at friendship that are growing stronger and stronger in service to the Lord and that are not broken. Yeah. Okay.
Hikuba. Real friendship is shown in times of prosperity. Prosperity is full of friends. Euripides, Hecuba, 1227. Menelaus, friends, enemy of real friends, reserve nothing. The property of one belongs to the other. Euripides, Andromache, 376. Pericles, the doer of favor, is the firmer friend of the two in order by continued kindness to keep the recipient in his debt while the debtor feels less keenly from the very consciousness that the return he makes will be a payment, not a free gift. Two-seated is the Peloponnesian War 240. Mm. Yes, friendship. Uh, repaying, that is, that is one level. Uh, that is my tree. And, but in, that is the external level of friendship. But in close friends, right, they, there's no separation. Uh, in close friends, there is simply, all right, we will help one another. Mm-hmm. While the debtor feels less keenly from the very consciousness. Okay, we read that. Sorry. Socrates. All people have their fancies. Some desire horses and others dogs. And some are fond of gold and others of honor. Now I have no violent desire of any of these things, but I have a passion for friends and would rather have a good friend than the best cock or quail in the world. I would even go further and say the best horse or dog. Yea, by the dog of Egypt, I should prefer, I should greatly prefer a real friend to all the gold of Darius, or even to Darius himself. I'm such a lover of friends as that. And when I see you and Lysus at your early age, so easily possessed of this treasure, and so soon, he of you and you of him, I am amazed and delighted seeing that I myself, although I'm now advanced in years and so far from having made a similar acquisition that I do not even know in what way a friend is acquired. Plato, Lysis, 21, 1b. So, yeah, friendships on are not governed by chance or are not governed by just uh, um, common ground or these things or similarities in character. These are the external things. Uh, But another factor is at work. And that is the factor of friendship. Uh, Friendship simply due to karma. It is karma that binds people. Uh, 
So not everything is happening here and now, but there is another invisible factor of the karma or the result of the activities from previous lives and previous activities that now brings people together again. Uh, so in this way, um, beyond the externals that are visible to the world, the invisible influence of karma is also active and brings people together. It's another factor that brings people together as, as friends. Without friends, no one would choose to live, though he had all other goods. Even rich men and those in possession of office and of dominating power are thought to need friends most of all. For what is the use of such posterity without the opportunity of beneficence, which is exercised chiefly and in its most laudable form to its friends? Or how can prosperity be guarded and preserved without friends? The greater it is, the more exposed it is to risk. And in poverty and misfortunes, men think friends are the only refuge. It helps the young to, to keep from error. It aids older people by ministering to their needs and supplementing the activities that are failing from weakness. In the prime of life, it stimulates to noble actions. For with friends, men are more able to think and to act. Aristotle, Ethics, 11.55.5. Well, <clears throat> so as, as we understood, Aristotle dedicated two entire books to to friendship and therefore is certainly uh, someone who has really done something in, in, in the field of describing friendship. Um, we, uh, we appreciate this point. Without friends, no one would choose to live, uh, though he had all other goods. Yes. Um, Of course, the soul, the soul is spiritual and the soul is more important than the material. Currently, the soul has entered into an alliance with the material and the soul has become embodied. It is then uh, the mind that takes over the thinking, feeling, and willing. And, uh, and in this way, um, this thinking, feeling, and willing, which is now taken over by the mind, expresses itself through the body. Then through the senses, the body is relating to, uh, to this world. Hmm. So in this way, um, it is not surprising that friendship is worth more than all the riches in the world, because when we're talking about a friend, we're ultimately uh, coming to the platform 
of the soul. Yes. Maybe at first it might be a meeting of minds, a meeting of bodies, but that friendship goes deep, it becomes actually a relationship on the platform of the soul. Uh, and that, of course, is only possible when friendship exists in relation to God. It is there that friendship takes place on the level of the soul. Uh, relationships on the basis of the body are external and temporary, give temporary pleasure and pain. Relationships based on the mind, uh, on common, uh, common inclinations, common interests, uh, uh, relationships based on intellect, on, uh, on, on uh, sharing, uh, sharing one's, uh, one's findings and analysis and so on. Those relationships, sharing, uh, sharing of knowledge, pursuing knowledge, they cannot satisfy and they are all temporary, all temporary relationships. Such friends will be separated by time. And even if their friendship would last a whole life after death, it would separate. Uh, but relationships on the, on the level of the soul, which come about in, in spiritual life, those relationships remain. Okay. There are therefore three kinds of friendship, equal in, equal in number to the things that are lovable for which, with respect to each other, there is a mutual and recognized love. And those who love each other wish well to each other in that respect in which they love one another. Now those who love each other for their utility do not love each other for themselves, but in virtue of some good which they get from each other. So too, with those who love for the sake of pleasure, it is not for their character that men love ready-witted people, but because they find them pleasant. Hmm. Therefore, those who love for the sake of utility, love for the sake of what is good for themselves. And for those who love for the sake of pleasure, do so for the sake what is pleasant to themselves, and not in so far as the other is the person loved, but in so far as he is useful or pleasant. And thus these friendships are only incidental for it is not as being the man he is that the loved person is loved, but is providing some good or pleasure. Such friendships then are easily dissolved. If the panics do not remain like themselves, for if the one party is no longer pleasant or useful, the other ceases to love him. Yeah. So this is, is, is a very good analysis of, uh, of mundane love, mundane affection, mundane relationships that it is based on, uh, on personal benefit, on wants a benefit from the relationship, and the other person is, is the provider of that benefit. And when the circumstances change, that person can no longer provide, then that relationship also breaks. Um, but uh, in devotional service to Krishna, if there is a relationship in devotional service, and and 
Krishna is the center of that relationship, then both personalities are making spiritual advancement and support each other in making that spiritual advancement. In, those, in that way, the benefit of the relationship would, uh, would be both uh, gaining something good from outside themselves, gaining a benefit in the relationship with Krishna, and at the same time, uh, then they would individually grow because of that, and in this way, their mutual love can also grow. So this tendency to look at something outside ourselves becomes, instead of negative, becomes positive when we direct it towards Krishna, uh, because then we are becoming, uh, because the attachment to Krishna elevates us, brings purification, elevates us and elevates the, the person we have a relationship with. And in that way, the relationship becomes elevated. Hmm. Okay, and then I have here just some. <clears throat> Augustine. Thus I polluted the stream of friendship with the filth of unclean desire and sullied its limpidity with the hell of lust and vile and unclean as I was, so great was my vanity that I was banned upon passing for clean and courtly. And I did fall in love simply for waiting, from, from wanting to. O oh my God, my mercy, with how much bitterness didst thou and thy goodness sprinkle the delights of that time. I was loved, and our love came to the bond of consummation. I wore my chains with bliss, but with torment too, for I was scourged with red-hot rots of jealous, with suspicions, fear, and fears, and tempers, and quarrel. So, Augustine confessions. So now he speaks about uh, a friendship uh, which where lust enters in. And, uh, of course, uh, Augustine right, is, is, uh, is a religious person and is writing from a religious perspective. And Augustine sees the, uh, uh, the passions of the body as, as, as vile, uh, he sees it as, as pollution. Uh, I polluted the stream of friendship with the filth of unclean desire and studied its limpidity with the hell of lust. So he speaks very strong language. And not everyone might feel that this is realistic and it may come across like uh, very, very uh, heavy. Uh, however, if we look at it like this, lust is defined in Vedic literature, Admendriya Prithivancha. Uh, 
fulfilling one's own desire. So the other person becomes the purpose of the relationship becomes simply to satisfy our senses. The other person is our object of enjoyment. Uh, and that pollutes the friendship because we are no longer acting as the well-wisher of the other person, which is really what friendship should be. But rather we're seeing as this person is simply an order supplier for my enjoyment. Yes. So this is... Uh, uh, this is, 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 is actually making things hellish because in that arrangement we don't really care for the welfare of others. And vile and unclean as I was, so great was my vanity that I was bent upon passing for clean and courtly. Um, and although... Uh, yeah, so the whole thing was covered in a cloak of, of love and affection, but the truth was that actually the real purpose of the relationship was to see the other person as an object for one's personal enjoyment. And so actually one was in uh, exploitive and therefore vile and unclean selfish desire, but somehow or other trying to pass as clean and, and, and courtly, full of love and kindness. And I did fall in love simply from wanting to. Uh, uh, so now we also see that because the soul by nature is pleasure-seeking, and once we are under the influence of lust, then that natural tendency to seek pleasure is now channeled through lust. And so, uh, <clears throat> then we need to satisfy. So the desire is there first, the lusty desire is first, and then we look for an object. So when we think we found an object that matches the fulfillment of that desire, ah, then we fall in love. And I did fall in love simply from wanting to. And sometimes we don't find, find the, the object, but then because the lust is so strong, we just, like a coat, we hang it on the coat hanger. We hang it on a particular person. Uh, and so we fall in love simply from wanting to. Oh my God, my mercy, with how much bitterness didst thou in thy goodness sprinkle the delights of that time. Hmm. Yes. So, the Lord is, is certainly, uh, when we are getting these pleasures, these mundane pleasures, there's also bitterness. It cannot be, exp as we are getting more and more attached to the object of our enjoyment, uh, there also will be suffering. I was love, and our love came to the bond of consummation. I wore my chains with bliss, 
but with torment too, for I was scorched with red-hot rots of, of jealousy, with suspicions and fears and tempers and quarrels. Oh, Augustine Confession. Yes. So Augustine explains uh, <clears throat> from realization that it's not so easy uh, to have such uh, loving relationships. And as one is looking for pleasure, it's not only pleasure. Uh, because uh, both, if, especially if both parties are actually self-centered and, and, and both want see the other person as the object of their enjoyment, then between them, there's a great competition of who will actually get. Huh? Each party tries to turn the other into the servant of their senses. And uh, then they see, when, when both are, are just engaging in sexual activity and it seems that the partner is fulfilling their desires. And these are great moments of bliss. Uh, but then uh, the partner will also do so many things that are not at all pleasing. Turns out the partner has a mind of its own. The partner has a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things. And they'll conflict and the partner pulls in a different direction. And before we know it, uh, there are fights, there are uh, disagreements. And suddenly all that that was love uh, turns into misery. Yes. I define charity as a motion of the soul whose purpose is to enjoy God for his own sake and oneself and one's neighbor for the sake of God. Lust, on the other hand, is a motion of the soul bent upon enjoying oneself, one's neighbor and any creature without reverence to God. So, yes, that is, that is true. Uh, Admendriya Prithivancha, that one is simply, whatever we do, um, we do so to satisfy our, our own self-interest. Whether that means entering, entering into a marriage, whether that means becoming the president of a country, if, if it is all done only for our self-interest, then it's driven by lust. And that is destructive. Um, that is exploitive. That is selfish. And that is not caring for the interest of other people. So uh, that is condemned and certainly undesirable. And, okay, let me go a little further.
Friendship may indeed come to exist without sensuous liking or comradeship to pave the way, but unless intellectual sympathy and moral appreciation are powerful enough to react on natural instinct and to produce, in the end, the personal affection which at first was wanting, friendship does not arise. Recognition given to a man's talent or virtue is not properly friendship. Friends must desire to live as much as possible together and to share their work, thoughts, and pleasure. Good fellowship and sensuous affinity are indispensable to go spiritual communion or personal accent. Otherwise, men would be in different vehicles for such thoughts and powers are emanating from them, and attention would not be in any way arrested or reflected by the human medium through which it beheld the good. Santayan, Life of Reason, 2.6. Hmm. Yeah, so good fellowship and sensuous affinity are indispensable to give spiritual communion a personal excellence. Hmm. Yes, it is, it is in the sharing, right? It is in the sharing of Ras that Ras is further tasted and experienced. Yes, increases in the sharing of an experience. Right? Um, it is there that when experience is shared with another person and thoroughly understood by the other person, when the other person is also uh, reciprocating and adding perspectives to it. It is uh, simply the, the ras of the experience or the mellow, the, uh, the, the taste that the experience offered is, is now uh, shared and with, and, and we get information from a new perspective. The other person adds a new perspective. So, in this way, it increases our experience of that. And Ras is the essence of spiritual existence in the spiritual world. The Ras is centered around Krishna. In the material world, we have mundane Ras, which we're trying to experience. Um, but mundane Ras will always bring happiness and distress. So if in this material world we start to practice devotional service, then we can, in the material world, already experience spiritual ras. Then all our friendship and relationships will also be beneficial to increasing the experience and appreciating uh, the depth and appreciating the meaning of that experience of ras. And in this way, friendship is, and sharing with others is an essential element of, uh, of life. Mm. Okay, so today, uh, 
we have been addressing the topic of, of friendship based on, uh, on Western philosophers, the great treasury of the Western world. We learned that uh, Aristotle wrote extensively and thought extensively about the topic. And many of the thoughts of Aristotle may be relevant to us when uh, just in recognizing uh, the dynamics of, uh, of friendships. But uh, we, of course, will always connect such things to Krishna. Uh, one time, uh, Ravinda Sarup was giving an example. Just as when we make an offering to Krishna, uh, what we are offering is boga. Then when we take the boga, we must cut away the things that we cannot need, take the core that is useful, uh, clean it, and then offer that to Krishna. So he said in the same way, when we are taking things from a mundane source, we can take the essence of that and engage it in the service of Krishna. Um, so that is our East-West dialogue where we are, are looking at, uh, at the perceptions of, of great thinkers and how much, uh, how much all these things can be used uh, to expand our own uh, application in Krishna consciousness. Uh, so let us go forward and, uh, and see that friendship indeed is essential, uh, essential in life, and that such friendship is, uh, is, is, uh, is part of the very nature of who we are, uh, by our very nature. We are meant to live in friendship with others. That is part of our true original nature. As the eternal servant of Krishna, we are naturally uh, also part and parcels of Krishna, and we are naturally meant to live within loving exchanges with all other parts and parcels of Krishna. And this is true relationship, real, the basis of friendship. So there's no such thing as being transcendental to friendship. Rather, as we become more transcendental, friendship is becoming more and more part of our life. So I want to thank all, all the Vaishnavas for their friendship. And uh, I thank you for, uh, yeah, for your uh, uh, yeah, for your friendship towards me. Uh, it is nourishing me and sustaining me. In, uh, 
in this in this world and in my spiritual life. Hare Krishna.